It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Dr. Christina Zachary, who is a facial surgeon and rhinoplasty surgeon in Calgary. Thanks for joining us today, Christina. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Christina, let me just start by asking you uh, a little bit about what you do. Uh, Let's start from there. Okay, great. So, I'm a facial plastic and reconstructive uh, surgery specialist. So, that means that my training was in ear, nose, and throat, head and neck surgery. And then I did further uh, fellowship training in facial plastic and reconstructive surgery. I am board certified with the American Academy of, uh, I'm sorry, the American Board. I'm board certified with the American Board of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. And I do exclusively cosmetic surgery of the face and neck. Uh, and that includes things like nose jobs, facelifts, ear tucking, and then the non-surgical things like injections of neuromodulators, things like Botox, and then also injections of fillers, non-surgical treatments of the face for, you know, any sort of non-surgical treatment of face for any sort of cosmetic beautification reasons. And then I also have a small, um, also side practice of Alberta healthcare covered cases that have to do with facial plastic surgery. So for example, removing and reconstructing facial skin cancers, broken uh, noses and uh, the like. So anything that involves facial plastic and reconstructive surgery from like a more medical approach is also what I do. Tell me, uh, first of all, how long have you been doing this? It's been 15 years, and it's hard to believe that it passed so quickly. I feel like I started yesterday, but it's been 15 years. And how did you get involved in this? Or more importantly, why did you get involved in this? Well, I just love making people feel their best. And one of the ways to do that is to make them look their best. And so while I was going through medical school and residency, I discovered that one of the subspecialties of otolaryngology, head and neck surgery, was facial plastic surgery, and I decided to pursue it. And it's just my passion. It's my life's passion. I love doing it. I really get um, such a reward from seeing happy patients after their procedures. And it just drives me and fuels me to continue. Okay, super then. Um, What's your vision for the business uh, as you uh, look forward? I have just a philosophy of patience for life. I like to create good relationships with my patients. I want to be all things beauty for my patients. So starting from the non-surgical, going to the surgical, and then just going through the different phases of their, you know, life and their aging and things like that. The average patient will have, you know, about three surgeries with the same surgeon over a 22-year lifetime. And I just feel like that's really good to develop a relationship and just go through all those phases with the same person. And that's my, that's my goal is to be all things beauty for that person. Okay. Is there medical background in your family? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> All my family is uh, engineers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, they were a little bit disappointed that I didn't go into engineering, but I think I, I won back their pride in me by going to medicine. Okay. Super then. What's been the biggest challenge you've faced over those years in uh, setting up your business and uh, operating your business? There were about two or three main challenges. The first was when I decided to break out on my own and have my own clinic. Uh, It was in the beginning of 2008, and we all know exactly what happened in 2008. There was that big recession. So my own business in that year, 
was a big challenge, but you know what? With every challenge, there is an opportunity, and it really um, allowed me to hone in on skills that I didn't even know I had. So things like you know HR, marketing, uh, just even secretary work. I had to be all things during that time because it was a time of being lean and having to do more with little, and it just made me, um, it, you know, really appreciate what it takes to run a business. Before that, I was renting a room in a spa, and I had oh, the spa had a secretary already built in for me, so. I was very well taken care of, but then when I wanted to start on my own, it really made me appreciate what it takes to run a business. So that was the first major, major challenge, and thankfully uh, I got through it, and there were a lot of people in my corner, the first of which are my parents and my sister. They really, you know, dug in, helped me out. They literally came to my office and were like, before we opened the floor, they were like on their hands and knees scrubbing the floor. You know, I just had so many good people in my corner, and I thank God for that. The second challenge was in 2018, so about two years ago, I got diagnosed with breast cancer and somehow had to carry on. I couldn't stop the business. As they say, the show must go on. So I didn't stop the business. I uh, continued, uh, despite having to go through chemotherapy, bilateral mastectomies and reconstruction. And then I found out I was BRCA1 positive, which is the same thing as Angelina Jolie. She has that too. So I had to do preventative surgery to remove my girly bits before they got, you know, affected with cancer as well. So I went through about four different major surgeries in from 2018 to 2019. And the whole time the, the business continued. So I, in between, in between chemotherapy sessions, I'd come, you know, to work and I'd do the non-surgical, you know, aspect of my business. And then right after my major mastectomy surgery, I, um, I took maybe four weeks off and then I came back and I was, came back like running, like doing surgeries and everything. Uh, and again, another, you know, another major challenge with a, a major opportunity and that was just to see my, you know, results and how strong I could be um, and not, you know, get into the cycle of feeling sorry for yourself and staying at home, you know, so whatever anybody needs to do, I need to get back to work. So, you know, that was the, the, the major opportunity there was to, to, to build my strength, I think, uh, and just keep going. Okay, what's up? Over the years, um, what's the best piece of advice you've received about being an entrepreneur? So the best piece of advice, hands down, was from my teacher from Montreal, from McGill University, Dr. Nabil Panous, and he said, start now and perfect it later. So that means if you have a dream, if you have a vision for a business that you want to establish and build, don't wait for the perfect moment. The perfect moment will never show itself. So start, just start, do whatever you can do to start. Take that first step. If it even means just writing a business plan or, or designing a website that, you know, or de designing the content for the website, if you don't know how to design a website, just start, take the first step and the rest will just flow. It, you'll see how easily the rest will flow once you take that first step. So start now, perfect it later. Okay, interesting. As we head into this uh, coronavirus uh, situation right now, how has that impacted your business? Huge. Uh, we're almost 100% cosmetic elective surgery. And even the non-cosmetic portion, even the reconstructive portion is elective. It's not life or death. 
in most cases for my business. So we have been completely shut down since uh, I think it's March 23rd. Uh, so no um, contact with patients. Now I have, uh, again, just seen the silver lining. Uh, I have started doing online uh, consultations and they have been working out amazingly. So we've been using uh, things like Zoom, FaceTime, Skype, and it's good because we can develop a relationship with our patients even though they're not directly in front of us using technology that has been around this whole time just haven't taken advantage of it so i think even after this COVID crisis is is done uh, i'll continue to do virtual consultations because it's been really working out great and patients love it okay you stole my next question i was going to ask you about the silver lining in, in light of obviously the challenges that you've overcome. But if you had uh, some advice or a message to fellow entrepreneurs to help them through this experience that we're facing now in this crisis, what would you say to them? First thing I would say is now is not the time to panic or get depressed. It's just not the time for a business owner manager to get depressed and feel sorry for yourself and rest on your laurels. This is a time for planning, for future thoughts. So sit down, budget, see if you can contact any of your vendors and negotiate different payment terms. Uh, see if you can contact any landlords that can give you any deferments on your lease. Make a business plan for 13 weeks out because when this crisis is over, you're going to be busy. People are going to come back. They have been in quarantine for so long, they're going to want to reward themselves by going out. They want to go to restaurants, movie theaters. They want to come and do cosmetic procedures. They want to feel good. So you're going to be busy. So plan for it from now and try to cut out things that are superfluous that you don't need. So see where the fluff is, cut that out, and just really plan for the future because you know that this there's an end point to this. And it's going to be over and you're going to be busy again. So now is the time for future planning. Okay, I'm going to switch gears uh, here and ask you a few personal questions, okay? Let me just start by asking, um, you know, where do you find that work-life balance? Uh, and uh, like what kind of other interests do you have uh, besides work? Uh, I don't think that a work-life balance is very easy to achieve. It's taken me a good 15 years to achieve it, and it's taken me cancer to achieve it, to be honest, because before I was all about work, and I have two little kids. I have two little twins at home and a family, and I was really neglecting them, to be honest, before I got hit with cancer. And then after I got the cancer, it really hit me that, you know, who's there for you, and your family's there for you, and they're the reason that I continue to fight and live. And so that's when I started to develop a work-life balance. So what that means is really making an effort to prioritize your family life. Uh, leave work earlier than you would have normally. Start work a little later. It's okay. It's okay. People will still be there. Your clients will still be there. My patients are very, very much understanding and they came back. Even some of them left and they came back. So it takes effort and it takes a lot of determination. You have to want to do it. It's not gonna, otherwise you just get lost in the business because the business is really like a child. You need to nurture it, you need to build it, you grow it and encourage it to keep growing. So it can really take over your whole entire life unless you really make an effort. So that's the first thing that I did is I started to make an effort to prioritize my family life. And it's, it's really improved my family life, thank God. 
you know, my kids are much happier now that I do things with them. I do homework with them. We go for walks. My husband and I take them for walks. So they get a lot more of my attention. Um, and, and how do, what was the other part of the question? Well, I'm just wondering what kind of things you do. Like, what kind of hobbies do you have? Uh, I really like to go on nature walks when possible, when the weather allows. Here in Calgary, it gets cold a lot. But when it when the weather allows nature walks, I really like to connect with nature. It really rejuvenates, you know, just re revives me inside. I like to read. Um, I'm very religious, so I read the Bible. And I just really like to connect and meditate. And my favorite thing of all time just playing with my kids i will never have this time again when they're little so i just enjoy it if you weren't doing what you do doing now um what profession or career do you think uh, you'd be involved in engineering perhaps <laughs> uh -uh, i'm not that good in physics okay <laughs> um i don't know it's hard to say because i've always thought about that what would i do if i wasn't doing medicine and yeah. Really nothing else I'm good at. I'm really not good at anything else. I know that I'm good at this and I have a passion for it. And so maybe something else in the, in artistic, something artistic. I can never I can never answer that question because there's I don't feel like I'm good at anything else or <laughs> I have the passion for anything else. Okay. Um if you had one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Does it have to be one word? Can I use two words? Okay, use two. Okay. <laughs> okay, the first is loyal. Yeah. Uh, loyalty is my number one value that I have. Uh, so I give it and I expect it. And so that would be number one. Number two is tenacious. I don't let anything get me down. Uh, I might be down for a minute, but then I'm back up. And I have this infectious, you know, optimism. And so I try to keep on the bright side. Uh, and so tenacious and loyal those are my two okay super and do you have a, a routine that you follow every day uh, now or before covid say before covid <laughs> <laughs> okay yes i do so the first thing i do in the morning is i try to meditate before the kids are up i just try to like you know just pray for the day make you know make sure i'm thankful find five things that i'm thankful for Second thing I do is I wake up and we go down with the kids and make breakfast for them. I feed them breakfast and then the nanny takes over and I go come to work. Um, sometimes we have a huddle at work. Sometimes we don't because sometimes it's so busy can't have the huddle. But um, then we see patients all day long at around four o'clock. I start winding down, come home, spend time with the kids, play with them. If weather permits, we go outside and, and do like a nice little nature walk outside with the kids and my husband husband and then come home and have dinner then it's the nighttime routine with the kiddos and then we do this whole thing over again the next day okay super now if if you think of about a, a place that you've traveled to that's one of your favorite places of all time that you've been to what what would it be definitely Ghana West Africa wow so I, I mentioned that my parents are engineers and so I had the the privilege and the luck to be able to travel with them whenever they went on their uh, projects overseas. And my father was stationed in uh, Ghana, West Africa for about 10 years. Uh, and I was lucky enough that I was able to do a lot of humanitarian work whenever I went. So I, uh, one year I did, um, I went on a humanitarian ship that took doctors to underserved uh, areas that wouldn't have uh, access to medical care otherwise. And so that was, I think, the single best experience of my 
medical life. Uh, you know, it was just really rewarding. I was able to participate in actual care for underserviced um, people. And uh, so that was, and then I made a lot of great friends. I made lifetime friendships from that experience. Uh, not just that experience, over the 10 years, every summer I would go with my sister and my mom. And I made lifetime uh, friends, friendships out of that, out of those visits. Okay, speaking of travel, I'm going to present a scenario to you. Uh, uh, there's a small, uh, beautiful uh, tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only one phone booth and no technology. We're going to drop you off there, uh, and um, uh, you can stay there as long as you want. You can make the phone call, though, to us, and we're going to come pick you up. So how long would you last there? Uh, and secondly, you know, what would you think you, you'd be doing at that time while you're there? Okay, so I have a question for you. Am I alone, or can I be there with my family? You're alone. Oh, I last two seconds. I'd pick up that phone immediately. <laughs> I not enjoy anything if my kids uh, are not around. So I would, I would come back immediately. But if I could be there with my kids, then I would be there forever. I don't need technology. I'd be on the beach sunning myself. I would just be enjoying, just enjoying the experience of being there on the beautiful tropical island. Okay, super then. Thanks for joining us today, Christina. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.